evening, everyone. It's good to be together. I came to service tonight with this thought on my heart. It's in 2 Timothy. It says, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knows them that are his. The Lord knows those who are his. And I trust that that's everybody in the room. Young, old. Our kids are holy seed. And we have an opportunity to gather together and thank the Lord that he knows us. That he knows our getting up, he knows our falling downs. Of course, it says in another verse here, just down a little ways. If any man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor. And that's what God's doing. He's making vessels of honor in this house. He knows how to do it. He knows those that are his. And he is doing the work. So let's gather and let him work.
hopefully the rest won't be just filler. Uh, had a lot of a good word in recent, uh, for some time, really. I missed the, the word yesterday morning that Angela brought. I need to go back and hear it, but I appreciate the, uh, just the clarity. But um, I've had a song, it's actually, I would call Brother Bill's theme song. You may not remember this, but I, I, in the course of knowing him, I've heard him sing this song numerous times. It's, I, I surrender all. I surrender all. Like he just will sing it. Anybody ever hear him sing that song? All to Jesus. Pardon me? Yes. I surrender some, yes. Uh-oh. But um, I realize, you know, you can, um, you can think that, that you have surrendered all. And I think everybody has good intentions here. Like you intend, and I intend. Like I know that's the path forward. Right? Does anybody think that it's going to be anything less than surrendering? All total surrender. Wait, Brother Don Winston, do you think so? He was, oh, he's waiting, raising his hand. Okay. Can we say there's an advantage to raising your hands before there's a gun pointed at your head? Right? Like, I mean, what is it? At least you surrender. We had a guy here years ago. Um, he's not in a very good place now, but um, he was very needy then. And uh, on occasion, Brother Bill had asked him to uh, bring a, a post with a flag on it, a white flag, and just wave it. Now, he was in a lot of pain. He had back issues, and, but just to make sure he was there and that he knows that you'd see that. Oh, once in a while, yeah, you, he wouldn't be found. So we needed to keep... He's very needy right now, yes. He's, he's under forced surrender right now, if you know what I mean. Yeah, from Florida. But um, sometimes you don't realize that you have not surrendered until there's an infringement until you are infringed upon. Some, something is infringed upon and you realize there's a reaction. Now, does anybody have any reactions here? Um, I heard one. You have to do some detective work. We are getting to the place where you have to do some detective work to locate any kind of a reaction. That's where we're headed. Yeah. Um, but I believe God's reach um, touches the deepest recesses of our, of our heart. Gets down there to find out anything that really uh, hinders growth. I think we understand. We've heard enough, really, that, it, that, that if you're not growing, there's, there's something wrong. Like... We can't just default back to what was. We've come a ways, but that won't get us further on. I'm thankful for this 
standards and the traditions that we've had that we felt were the Lord. But we know growth has got to take us on. But growth really stops, um, I, I think, growth, growth, our growth, spiritual growth stops when I withhold something that God feels is his, like belongs to him. And, and rather, growth, my, my spiritual growth stops when I hold back something that really is God, that belongs to God, that, that he's desiring from me. And instead, I offer what I can afford to lose. There's a big difference. We, we can live our lives thinking that it's okay to offer what costs me nothing or what seems reasonable, right? And, and really, that's, that's erroneous. And it's kind of... It's kind of silly to think, I mean, why would I, or why would you hold back what really belongs to God in the first place? I mean, one thing that, that works here at times that really is, is uh, I think, deadly in our midst is entitlement. Entitlement. Whatever, when you feel entitled to something, it's, it's, you probably are, <laughs> but maybe if you took a poll, somebody else might say, maybe you're not so entitled to that. You might think you are, but I, I just think it really is demoralizing. One, one of the most demoralizing um, things here at times, I suppose in any, any marriage, any relationship, when one party feels like they are entitled to something. And by gosh, I'm, I got my rats and I'm fighting for that. Here it says, for from him, um, this is the Amplified in Romans 11, just listen to this. From him are all things originate and through him all things live and exist and to him are all things directed to him be the glory and honor forever everything is of god anything that you have anything worth presenting it came from him in the first place he has dibs on it right not not you or i and i think um yeah we 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 talk a lot about the daily offering. And I, I like that term. Because, I mean, it just seems like it just captures the essence of really what God has done. And where he's bringing us to the need to make that daily offering. But it's not really about what I think he wants me to offer. Okay? Or even what seems reasonable. I don't know. Or what's convenient, right? Um, I think it would be prudent at times, you know, and I, I find myself doing this. Actually, I did this the other day. I was very fortunate. I've had some uh, rather sleepless nights or just time, just getting awake early and stuff gets... So, and I have been... I went to the wood shop. I wasn't going to say it, so I'll just make this quick bit. 
Anyways, real early in the morning, I snuck, I snuck past Brother Bill's window with my, my vehicle. Anyway, um, I didn't really, but, but before I went there, I did at least say, you know, like, in my mind, are you okay with this? And my point is, I think, I think there's a need for us really to, to start a day, a day with asking God, what, what, how would you like me to offer? I mean, like, don't do that religious mechanically. There's no form here. But I mean, just there's an acknowledging in your heart. Like, God, like, because I don't know. I have no idea, and you don't either, what he may be requiring of you that day. All you know, and all I know, is I better be ready when something comes up. Otherwise, if I'm not in that mode of offering, I'm liable to miss the opportunity and withhold. You know, it's just, you can hold on to something with a smile on your face. You're not, it just, just like in, and you have to practice just like letting go. I can't imagine um, all my experience with birth pains, you know, just you have to kind of, you know. <laughs> but you really would have to practice, is that right? Anyone that's been through that? Any of the guys that's been through that? No. Just making yourself settle down, like just not tense up. I just think the flow between us and God in the offering stops whenever I... I I tense up, as opposed to just surrendering. But anyway, that day, this was just two, was it last week? I guess it was. So I went there really about five o'clock, and I, and I was cutting on a board, and um, I've never had this happen before. I didn't have goggles on. Just a small little piece flew out and hit me right below the eye. And uh, you should wear goggles. When you, and I thought, oh, my word. Like, because the first thought that came to my mind, I'm not to be here. And so I went like this, and I thought that, unfortunately, there was no blood. Then I realized my, net, my lens was gone. Oh. Knocked my lens out. I'm not kidding, yeah. Never had that happen before. So, I'm, so I don't move because I thought, where'd it go? You know, I'm looking around. And I, I spot the piece of wood over by the door. So I, I get down on my hands and knees, and I start crawling around. Honestly, whatever I tried to get done that morning, I spent on my knees, literally, crawling around looking for my lens. I could not figure out where it went. And all of a sudden, they spot some little fragments of glass. And I thought, oh, no. I just see trips to Fairbanks and just like my word. You know how it is. Like, what? Anyway, one little click of the mouse can cause you so much pain sometimes or whatever. Anyway. I picked them up and I put them on the saw and I realized then they were, that uh, Seth Jetson had been cutting plexiglass like two days before. That wasn't it, I, but I still could not find my lens. Oh. Finally, I get up and I, uh, here it was on the top of, of this lamp, on the table saw, and it wasn't broken. This is it. But I couldn't, so it had a little rim around, a little fishing line, and I, and I tried, I couldn't see well enough. I had my magnifying glass and had to come over and, uh, Gabe was able to, to put it in. But um, in all that, I, it was quite a learning experience. Like it just, it, it, I was so thankful that at least I, I considered before I just asserted and did what I thought needed to be done that day. Like, Lord, are you, 
Are you in this? Like, are you get. That's a good thing to, for our children to practice that before you run. And I think, I think if if we really can't ask the Lord, like, how am I to offer? It's an indication that that fear is present, right? Still, there's some fear, and that that means simply, brother, brother's been talking about the greatest power is love, and I think that is so true. And that's working in our midst. There is a tremendous power. It disarms principalities like nothing else does. When you when you don't move in self-love and you move in a higher love. Uh, anyway, it, that's an indicator that love is perfected when you and I can really say, God, what do you want? When Virginia was like the day before she was leaving. I, I didn't really get a chance to connect with her. And then, you know, that was the week of the fire. And, um, and I said, you know, are you worried about, because she wasn't going home. She lived right, like her house would have been right there in the, on harm's way. But, but she really was, was okay with it. She was going on to Anchorage. Um, um, and I thought, you know, if she lost everything, then it would be considered a burnt offering. But, uh, literally, literally. But you know why, I think why she was able to say that. I mean, I was like looking. Because we left here, Emerson and I left in the midst of, for down there at Blueberry, really, when we, we were evacuating the North End. Some of the ladies weren't very happy with, with some of the ministry about that. <laughs> okay. But anyway, um, you know, I, and I thought, like, I know... Because of, she suddenly lost her husband. Like she, just like in a matter of a few weeks, right? He's gone. That has a way of putting perspective on earthly things. But this is something I want to say that I think is important. Of anything I want to say tonight. So, just because something's taken from you. Or, or that you perceive has been taken from you. We get in trouble with that one, I think. Something's not taken, but just even the perception that's, that something has been taken. And there's an infringement. Or I've been violated somehow. Just because something has been taken from you doesn't mean that you let go of it or that you really are able to surrender it in your heart. Do you understand that? I think that's true. Just because something's taken from you doesn't mean you really are able to surrender it in your heart. And I think, I think we really have been blessed as a people by what God has given. And that, in a sense, I got to be okay if he wants it back, right? I got to be okay. That, evidently, that's what Paul said. You know, whatever things were gained. You know, just can I say, watch wanting just to possess the game and hold on to whatever is gained rather than being able to. Some of the most blessed people are here are just they're just very generous and just things pass through their hands. They don't hold on to it. Right. Big difference. Right. 
Now, and I'll say this too, because I've been thinking about this. I think bitterness, an aspect of bitterness and resentment stems from not being able to let go of something that's been taken from you. I think that is a, a root cause of bitterness. And just because something's been taken, I believe you, there is a need. You can't just take it for granted. You, you have to work through the process of surrendering it. This word deals with surrender, right? Among the, so the need to surrender. I heard a line in a word I'll get to on perfecting surrender. I just think there is a need in our midst to really hone in. Take it to another level. Don't, don't taper when it comes to this thing of surrendering. Like it's God, you know. And I can't figure out what I'm to surrender. Like I'll know it when I'll see it. I really believe that. You sit and try to figure out. You, you, you give something that you think God wants and it's like, we're going to miss it. What really counts is when, when you're totally caught off guard about something. And that's the thing God really wants you to offer. That's when it, it hurts. And that's when you and I got to wrestle down the impulse to hold. To fight for. There's a different kind of fighting I think God is bringing us to as a people. And it's, it's, it's a fight for surrender. If that's, that's kind of a funny term. Fight to surrender. But it takes, can you say that right? Would you agree it takes a fight really to surrender? But that's, Job worked through that process, right? Right? What, look what all was taken from him. Anybody here can compete with the loss that he suffered? And he says, you know, the Lord gave And the Lord taketh away. And he had to mean it. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Ever charge God for something that he's taken? I mean, foolish. it's foolish to do that, but at times we can do that. Like we lay the charge at God. And sometimes I even think of, I think this is possible too. We know it's rather foolish to lay the, a charge against God. So we take out on our brother what we can't take out on God. Sometimes somebody gets something, they get your, your heat and it's like something else at work there. It, it, it just, you're just getting what they can't work out with God and you just happen to be caught in the crossfire. I'm just asking us to prayerfully consider this thing of surrender, just to, to really uh, allow God to touch. He's going to get down to the recesses of our heart, whatever we might be holding to. Sooner or later, it's a matter of time. But you can go a long way with unresolved hurt, which leads to bitterness and still never work it out with God. Never, never allow yourself to be taken to the point where you raise your hands to God and surrender. Now, I want to read something here. I, I like, I know Angela talked about war. And I, I, this has to do with the Civil War. Because I think, 
I think um, surrender can, it can be difficult and painful, right? Really having to let go of something, especially, especially if it's something like you fought for. There's a lot of people here that really, that, that came up in hardship and had to fight for things. And, and I don't want, for one, I don't want to go back. I wouldn't want to miss it, those things in my life, right? I mean, look at the Ferguson back there, Dave. I mean, look, look what things were like when you guys came and how just, just talk about meager and just hardship and, but you guys were young and, you know, and, and yet there are things that we go through that we've really had to fight for. And those are the things that can be the hardest to lay down, to let go of. Something that you really had to fight for. Probably one of the most, um, there were a few surrenders. One of the worst ones was in, in, in the end of the World War II. But this one had to do with whenever um, General Lee surrendered to, to, uh, to Grant. It's like, man. Even I, it's like, God had his way, but there's something in me, like there was part of me, like, and I, like Gettysburg, but it's like, I, there's a part of me, it's like, it's like, I wanted Lee to win. I mean, that's stupid. I understand was stupid. He just was such a general. It's like, it's like, he, somehow, they would have only gotten the high ground. You know, God had his hand on the high ground there. And they tried. But you know, all that he went through, um, that, that had to be difficult. So I read a bunch of things and I just, uh, I brought it all together in a few, few sentences here that I'll read. But just to show you the struggle that he went through when he just surrounded, I mean, utterly defeated, and yet he was still, it, it was quite a process. Think about you at times and what, how, how far did God have to take you where there is no way to recover and yet you're still holding on? Right? Think about it. So I'm just, just going to read this. Stay with me a moment. He says, well, with his army, and this was at um, Appomattox, right? With his army stripped of food and supplies, men deserting daily, Surrounded with no possibility of escape. There really was no possibility of escape. Having just suffered thousands of casualties in a savage hand-to-hand -hand combat at Sailor's Creek, he cried out, My God, has the army been dissolved? Right? And then he tried to rally the troops. <laughs> this is his position at the time. And he picked up a flag and started rallying and encouraging the troops. And really all hope was gone, right? And the next day, that was April 7th, 1865, General Grant wrote to Lee asking for his surrender to prevent further bloodshed. And I, and this caught my attention. Grant, he had the upper hand at this point. Victory was there. But he signed his letter to Lee. Very respectful, he, your obedient servant. It's like extending mercy. There's, there's ample mercy. 
in those times when God is setting up for us to really take another step further and surrender. There's a lot of mercy. He was not going to very respectful your obedient servant. But Lee's response that while he did not think his position was as hopeless as Grant indicated, he asked what the terms of surrender would be. What would Grant offer? And then he, with more bluster, Lee told his generals, I will strike that man a blow in the morning. He just wasn't quitting. When one of his generals suggested accepting the surrender, Lee informed him, I trust it has not come to that. We certainly have too many brave men to think about laying down our arms. And then the next day, April 9th, uh, two days later, finally, Lee sent a message to Grant announcing his willingness to surrender. And Longstreet, his, his right arm said, I'm not yet. He was quite ready yet. But Lee concluded, he says, there's nothing, this is documented, there's nothing left for me to do but to go see Grant, General Grant. I would rather die a thousand deaths. The meeting took place at Appomattox Courthouse. General Grant sat down on the small table to compose the terms of surrender and personally stood and handed them to General Lee rather than having a subordinate do personally stood to show honor. Right? I don't know why I find that moving. Grant allowed the Confederate officers to keep their sidearms, their horses, their baggage, and baggage. Lee asked if the soldiers could be allowed to keep their horses since many of them were farmers, and Grant readily agreed. General Grant also generously agreed to feed Lee's men, which is about 25,000 rations. Uh, he got it from their own, it was their own food he was feeding back from their captured supplies. Their business completed, the two generals shook hands and Lee departed with a bow to the assembled men. As Lee slowly rode away, Grant stood on the porch and graciously lifted his hat in salute, which General Lee solemnly returned. The other Union officers and soldiers fo followed their general's example. I felt like anything rather than rejoicing at the downfall of a foe who had fought so long and valiantly and had suffered so much. Indeed, when the Union camp quickly broke out in triumphant celebration, Grant rebuked his men and ordered them to stop. He said, we do not want to exult over their downfall, he explained. He said, they're going to be our country. They are our, they are once again our, our countrymen. Anybody can add to this or correct me if I'm, I'm just kind of capturing what I, what I got out of it. For his part, General Lee tearfully rode back to his camp, telling his troops, I have done the best I could for you, he continued. Go home now. Go home now. And if you make as good as citizens as you have soldiers, you will do well, and I will always be proud of you. And again, what, what caught my attention was the mercy and the honor. It's like when the prodigal son returned, there was a father, not berating, not degrading. 
It just extended mercy. But when you and I finally allow ourselves to, to take another step towards all, surrendering all, there's mercy. You know, it said General Lee was in his best attire. And, and Grant came in like with mud on his shoes and stuff. But General Lee actually fought and he told his, his, his men that probably at the end of the day he would be, he would be Grant's prisoner. He actually thought that that's a good possibility. But my point in all this is anybody here that surrounded, that hemmed in, right? That uh, cornered, who corners us? It, you, we think it's circumstances, we can think it's somebody. Who really does corner us? Anybody there and yet not really ready to surrender? Right? You think, what, what's it going to take? I'll tell you one thing. <laughs> one difference between our surrender and what General Lee, he was able to ask for terms in advance. You and I, you and I do not have that luxury of asking for terms. Right? I thought about this, how actually... Yeah, the war can be over, right? A war can be ceased. Somebody that you're at war with can be no longer at war with you in their heart. You don't know it and you're still fighting that war, right? Because you have a hard time accepting the terms of surrender. I don't know what the terms of surrender are in a relationship that's it, where there's an impasse. Made me think of that guy I read about him that at the end of the World War II in the Philippines. Japanese soldier, when the Americans dropped, the war was over, right? And they dropped leaflets on the island and, and this guy thought it was trickery. And he said, he can't, this is the truth. He continued fighting the war, a war. Attacking, killing, all this stuff. 29 years. Must have been into the, what's 29 and 40, when was the war over, 45? What's point? What's that? End of the seventies. I was around when that guy was still in the jungles, not really, not willing to accept that the war was over. You know what? You know why we don't at times accept a war that's over. You can keep it going. You go ahead and keep the war going. See how far it really gets you. It's like it growth stops, folks. Pride. Pride can keep that war going a long time. Pride, pride will never settle a war. It doesn't want to end the war. It wants to keep fueling the war. It's got more data. You ever notice when you're in pride, man, it just keeps coming. And it, there's just no end to the resources that fuel a war and fuel division when there's pride at work. Where does divisions come from? Pride. But I read this. Pride will never allow surrender. But I think something that's help that's helpful, if you need help there, is prayer. I I see some 
I see situations that's like there is, there is like, man, I, <laughs> I don't know how this is ever going to, I don't know, this would be interesting to sit back and watch how God's going to pull this off. Because it doesn't look good from where I sit. But, but that's the way it's supposed to look, I guess, to demonstrate how his abundant resources to do anything, breach any chasm, and any war. He, what's it say? Who causes the wars to see? Something I'm going to do? It says he causes. He does. He causes. I love that word. He causes. Like, just takes us out of the picture other than just, just be there and be present and don't put my hands on. Just get them up in the air. In fact, you and I can't do anything about a war until God shows us. Don't even try it because you will mess it up. Ever try something and it's like, it just, ah, that thing backfired. Like, I didn't mean that. And it's just like, however they took it. It's like, it's like you thought you're dousing the fire with water, only you realize you, you, you had some gasoline in that water. But prayer. And I really, I, I'm thinking of the young people. Um, actually, I was walking the other night. Somebody called me. They're probably listening, but I, it, it just, it really affected me because um, I was out by the barn. Frequently, the reception's not so good, but they were saying that, that their spouse unknowingly created a major offense to somebody. And, and it's like, it just was out, like big. You know, when you, it's like, how do you fix it? You, anyway, and they, they said they, they really didn't. Uh, really go to prayer because sometimes it's like you can go prayer just at times seems futile like just I pray a lot and I just don't see any results no it wasn't a few days later maybe that that this person that was offended came in and apologized and it's like I mean that spoke a lot to me because I was thinking about this how the value of prayer in a situation where there is war and you don't know how to fix it you feel it and you, get, you keep getting wounded and you don't know what to do about it. And, and so, and, but there's a lot of things that happen. Not, I'm throwing that word around like a lot of things. There are some things like you don't understand. And I find myself more than ever taking those things to prayer. That it just helps resolve. It just helps me, me like, how am I to frame this? I don't even know how to think about it. Like the work of God and what is he doing and why? Why? Prayer. It just opens up relationship. It opens up just, and prayer is just for the, our young people. It's talking to God. It's just like, it's not like, it can be on your knees, but it just, it's just walking and talking. My brother walks a couple hours a day. I'm sure he does a lot of talking to God. Where's he at? He's over there. Just whatever you're doing, you can just, when something's there, you know, things can weigh on you and you, you're way down the road with something working you over. They are working you over. <laughs> Talk to God. Just divert it to prayer. Otherwise, you can get swamped. I mean that literally. Like, God, God you're going to have to help here. Like, I don't mean that threat. Like, I'm going to threaten God. But I just communicate with God. Is talking to God about any matter. And this was the open windows a while back. It says, 
his, his take on prayer. Notice I don't say T.A. Sparks, I say open windows. If I can slip something new in. Conf prayer is this, He's, his take is confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. That's James 5. There are many ways in our Christian life where we have to get adjusted to the will of God. I like that. Where we have to get adjusted to the will of God. Some of us can spend a lot of money going up there to get adjusted. When at times the root cause is just a simple adjustment to the will of God. The will of the Lord is not always an easy thing for our flesh. And so very often we have to have a real battle to get adjusted to the will of the Lord on some particular matter. And prayer is the time in which that adjustment has to be done. It is just possible that some of us are having a battle over the will of God on something. Well, this is the time to get through with that issue. I'll understand this if you want to get through with it. If you want to really see something go or you like it just, it sustains you. Sometimes cross currents and tension, they, they, they just sustain us unknowingly. It's time to get rid of some of this stuff, folks. Well, this is the time to get through with that issue. Our prayer times give us a great opportunity to, of getting right into line with the will of God on all matters. True prayer is the prayer of confession and humiliation. True prayer is a time of absolute committal and surrender and submission to the Lord. True prayer is a time for getting right into line with the will of God on all matters. I really, I really implore us to consider that. Now here, finally, what kind of started this thing? My, uh, one thing that added to it, you know, I've said this when you, when you hear something, a word, and like, not, not always is it such a, like, revelatory, or it just like, it, it, it means something when it's something the Lord has been working at you, with you on. So I was listening the other week um, to, to the Ava Convention and Gary Snow was talking about surrender and he, he used that term perfecting like there's a need to perfect perfecting surrender we need to work on perfecting surrender at least that I, I kind of took it and ran, that's the way i heard it you know maybe i wanted to hear it that way but anyway his his, his comment was when you surrender he says you could you, david was there for this you are under another authority when you really surrender you surrender control, you give up your rights, you, you are under another authority. And he says, if you're not under another authority, you are under pride. <laughs> pride. And I think he said, or I added this, you know, and Ted started with this, that we're built on the foundation of apostles and prophets with Christ being the chief cornerstone, right? Brother Ted said at the beginning, that foundation, the foundation of God standeth sure. And Brother Gary's point was, when, as part of the foundation of Christ, he says, uh, when you step on a solid foundation, 
it doesn't move. We've had some foundations in the early days that they just were not solid and you can look, they, they move and they shift. We get down there to the shop, it just, we did the best we could for what we had, I'm not criticizing it. And he's, but I wrote this, if I'm fully surrendered to Christ, now actually this was what Gary said, so the next time I'm stepped on, he says, soak it up. Use that word, soak it up. You know, you know if you're fully surrendered and you're part of that foundation and someone steps on that foundation, whether you absorb it, you soak it up, right? Or you retaliate, right? Soak it up. Is there room for soaking it up next time you're stepped on, next time you're walked on? I thought of this, right? If the spirit of the ruler rises against me, leave not thy place. For in yield, yielding satisfies great offenses. You know, I think we know this. When, when you're fully surrendered, right? Um, you're not easily offended. I wonder sometimes if, if the Lord looks on a place such as this and says, you know, you're making concession for offense. And, and in my heart, there's absolutely no room for it. Like, think about this place if, if there was no offense. Not that they're not going to give, uh, there's not, not that there's not reason. I think probably we're going to keep generating a lot of reason to offend people. Quit trying. It's just, but, but to be on the end of not being offended, that's what I'm, that's what I'm making a point here. Like when you really are surrendered to the spirit of God, I think, I think, I think people can hurl all and you just don't take it personal. You're not threatened by it. A lot of pain that arises because we take things personal and we are threatened by it. And we, we, we can read a lot more into it. Sometimes we just need to let it go. And if you go home and something really bothers you, you can call and say, hey, you know, like you said this. But I really believe that. And when you're, talk about the high ground. When, when, when you, you really are surrendered, surrendered in any war, you command the high ground. You got it. You command the high ground. In Christ, we have the high ground. And I believe this is true. When you have the high ground, you can take the low road. When you know who you are and you have the, you have the high ground in Christ, people can have at you. You can take the low road, folks, when you have the high ground. And I wrote this down, asserting your will depletes your strength, depletes my strength, but staying under preserves and renews it. And lastly, this, <clears throat> I thought of all the heard a lot of word over the years, but this, this came back as something that, like, for me, is paramount. 
where I believe we're headed. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself and walkest. That means to tread around wherever thou wouldest. You just did what, and I did whatever I wanted to do when I was young. And I felt great. I was Superman. Nobody checked me. At least they tried and they did whatever. Right? Think about that. We're kind of a saint. We're getting to be up there a little bit. Right? We're not. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands. Like this. You know, just not, not like this. Like, go ahead and let somebody cuff you. Okay? Get them, stretch them up. Get them up. Thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This spake he, signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto them, Follow me. And I really believe this is where the journey has led us to this point. Right? Stretch forth your hand and allow. Give place to the Spirit of God. Give room for the yield. Don't assert. And it's okay to allow another. That's the Spirit of God to take you where you would not go of your own accord. Right? And I think that's really where we are and what God is requiring. I mean, this has been said so many different ways. Absolute surrender and willingly becoming dependent upon another. Now, when you're in pride, you cannot do that. Right? It's, just, it's, it's too painful to become dependent upon another if there's any vestige of pride. And I think, you know, we've been here over 40 years and have had a lot of changes. And, and I'm, I'm thankful for most of them. Right? But for me, and I guess where I sit tonight, Of all the changes, there's none that's more significant than this. What, what I just read. So think about it. Put it up on the shelf. If, it, if you don't agree, that's fine. I'm not offended. To come to the place where we see the need. It's like, the, 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 I, think, I think this line is so clear in the Spirit. Like the Spirit is saying it to us so many different ways. The same thing. Hitting it from so many different angles. Right? To stretch forth our hands and allow another to gird us. And there's no way. I, I cannot do that. Right? Without all out surrender. I'm getting the point. I'm going to shut up here in a moment. Thank you. You know. Can I say this too? It may appear to be degrading. To surrender. But there is absolutely no shame. I don't think in surrender. In yielding your heart to God. In fact. It, it just is a sign of, it, of maturity. It's an indication of power. And really. Honor. And that's when God bestows. Mercy. That's mercy comes when there's a surrender. I, I think there will be plenty. Of, I suspect. I I expect there's going to be some opportunity lying ahead whereby we get a chance 
to surrender. And I can only say, like, like, don't waste the opportunity, folks. Okay. Okay. We're gonna. We're gonna close. Lord, we do look to you tonight as the eyes of the servant look to his master. So our eyes look to you, Father. We look to you, Lord, the author and finisher of our faith, Father. We don't know how to get there, Lord, but you do. We ask, Lord, that you would extend mercy and enable us to offer what you really would require, not what we think. Thank you, Lord, for the capacity in our hearts to, to surrender all. Help us tonight, Lord. We go our ways in Jesus' name. Amen. Good.